Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you think of Valentine's Day, what comes to mind? Chocolate? Flowers, romance, it's a wonderful day for lovers. But unfortunately, what can be a great day for some, it can bring tragedy and unanswered questions for others. Missing persons, suspicious deaths. Valentine's Day is not exempt from the horrors of the world. People who went missing on Valentine's Day this week are mysteriously listed. Number 6. Ronald Duck Jr. February 1995. 21-year-old Ronald Duck Jr., or Ronnie as he was more commonly called. Ronnie was serving in the US Navy as an electronic technician third class. He was happily married to his high school sweetheart, Suzanne, and the couple were only six weeks away from having their first child, a daughter. Ronnie was especially close to his mother, Beverly, and the two would speak every day. Ronnie had only recently returned from a three-week stint away, and he was staying at the United States Naval Station in Pasagola, Mississippi. He was waiting to travel back to Alabama to see his family in the coming weeks. February 14, 1995. It was an off-duty night for the sailors, so Ronnie and another sailor went to the billiard club in Ocean Springs. Ronnie loved playing pool, and he would often visit billiard clubs in his free time. They left the club at 3.15am. They arrived back at the dock 15 minutes later. When they reached the guard shack leading to the vessel, the other sailor stopped to talk to the guard. Ronnie kept walking towards the ship, which was only about 50 yards away, This would be the last time Ronnie would be seen. Ronnie's maroon truck would be found later in the port's parking lot. The only evidence of his whereabouts was some fresh mud on the floorboards of the vehicle, an unopened packet of cigarettes and a bar of ivory soap that he'd purchased for the voyage back to Alabama. When Ronnie failed to report for duty on the ship as scheduled, the Navy initially listed him as absent without leave, or AWOL. But when his family would arrive in Pasagola three days later and they pushed for a search, his disappearance was reclassified as a missing person. It wouldn't be until this point the Navy would put divers in the water and also dragged around the ship on the possibility that he may have fallen in. Unfortunately, no sign of Ronnie could be found. Ronnie's family are adamant he would never voluntarily leave them. He was excited to be a dad, devoted to his wife and his relatives, and kept in close contact with them. He was also due to be discharged from the Navy within the next month for medical reasons. Had written him a cheque for $40 for his trip home, but this has never been cashed. 
So, if Ronnie did disappear on his own accord, he did so with no resources whatsoever. His mother Beverly believes her son was murdered due to threats he had allegedly received shortly before he disappeared from another sailor. Ronnie had testified against this sailor, who was then given a less than honourable discharge for smoking marijuana aboard the ship. Because of this, other shipmates believed Ronnie was working for the Navy's investigative services, and this alienated him from the others and caused him to be threatened. Ronnie told Suzanne that he was actually afraid of his life because of it. Beverly would spend the rest of her life searching for new leads so that she could find her son's remains and give him a proper burial. Unfortunately, Beverly would pass away in late 2010, never fulfilling her life's mission. Ronnie's wife, Suzanne, would give birth to their daughter six weeks after he disappeared, a daughter that will unfortunately never be able to meet her father. Number 5. Maurice Kefnell Maurice Kefnell was married to his wife, Jean, for 30 years. They had two children together and ran a successful dry-cleaning business in Hartington, Nebraska. Such a respected businessman he was, he would be the only mayor in the history of Hartington to be elected with write-in votes instead of actually running for office. Unfortunately, Jean would pass away in 1978, succumbing to a long-suffering illness. In 1983, 58-year-old Maurice was now living in Iowa. He'd fallen in love again with his girlfriend Joyce, and together they owned and operated 50 cleaners. On February 14, 1983, at around 9.30pm, Maurice would leave his girlfriend's house in his dark brown 1981 Cadillac Fleetwood. Neither Maurice nor his car have ever been seen again. When Maurice did not show to pick Joyce up the following morning as planned, she called around to friends to try and find him, but to no avail. Joyce drove herself to work, but again Maurice was not there. Maurice prided himself in never missing work, so the fact that he was not there and hadn't told her, Joyce and her daughter Laurie reported him missing to police. At the time of his disappearance, Maurice had been trying to convince his daughter Candy to leave her husband, Delbert Buscini. Delbert was facing his fourth prison sentence at the time, and Maurice allegedly had evidence about Delbert's criminal activities, which he hoped would add to the sentence further. However, Maurice disappeared before he could give his testimony in court, and while this certainly gave Delbert a motive to get rid of his father-in-law, there is no evidence connecting him to Maurice going missing. Candy would die on August 20, 2004, and Delbert continued his life of crime until his death from complications due to kidney disease on March 4, 2008. Maurice is believed to have been murdered soon after his disappearance, but his remains have never been found. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Number four, Helen Hooper. Helen met Walter Hooper when she was only 16 years old and he was 50. They married in London in 1962 when Helen was only 17 and the couple would go on to have three children together, Walter already having two children from a previous relationship. The relationship was a toxic one and Helen would try to leave Walter three times. It would be at her job at Hadlam Hall High School she would meet and fall in love with a colleague, Colin Clark. The two planned to run away together and it was believed she was going to tell Walter the marriage was over on February 13th, 1976. But when she didn't meet with Colin the next day, Valentine's Day, he knew something was terribly wrong. Helen Hooper has never been seen since. Walter would be charged with his wife's murder, and during his trial in October 1976, one of their sons would testify hearing his parents arguing that night. The prosecution alleging Walter murdered his wife and disposed of her body, telling their children the next day she had gone shopping. That he didn't seem worried and only reported her missing at the insistence of Helen's parents. Walter would maintain his innocence until his death in 1996 and that he last saw his wife on the morning of February 14th, that a man came to the house, she got into his car and they left, never to return, that he couldn't see the man and he was unable to give an accurate description, quote, they tried to suggest I killed her and hid her body away, but that's nonsense. I don't know where she is. I only wish I did, unquote. After an eight-day hearing, the case was dropped and it was ruled Walter Hooper had no case to answer for. No one else has ever been charged with the murder and the case remains active to this day. Quote, Irrespective of the passage of time, we would still very much like to understand the circumstances surrounding Helen's disappearance and identify who was responsible for her murder, unquote. Number three, Yuba Thornton. 70-year-old Yuba Thornton lived in Orchard Springs, Florida with her husband. On the morning of February 14th, 1984, Yuba drove her tan 1981 Pontiac Le Mans to drop her husband off at work in nearby Winter Haven. But when she did not return to pick him up as planned at 2pm, her husband reported her missing to the county sheriff's department. The following day, Yuba's motor vehicle was found. It was stuck in the mud in a rural pasture off Southport Road near Kissimmee, Florida. 
around 25 miles from her home. Her vehicle was locked and there was no sign of Yuba anywhere. Authorities feared the worst. Yuba suffered from memory loss and became disorientated easy. At the time of her disappearance, doctors suspected she may have Alzheimer's disease. Because of this, authorities believed she may have become disorientated and driven aimlessly until she could not drive anymore. At that point, she may have gotten out of the car to look for help and gotten lost and eventually succumbed to the elements. Yuba also had a heart condition, which caused hardening of her arteries. She had a pacemaker and needed three different kinds of medication. She did not have any of these with her at the time of her disappearance. The search for Yuba involved nearly a 100 people, including five on horseback, a helicopter, an aeroplane, three tracking dogs, four off-road motorcycles, and 22 four-wheel drive vehicles. Sheriff Sowler, who was heading the search, told reporters, quote, We are doing everything humanly possible, unquote. No sign of Yuba was found during these searches. Authorities visited the swamp several times in the weeks that followed. They even took Yuba's nephew to the marshy area where the woman disappeared. Quote, we took the family to let them know what we were facing. A lot of times they don't understand. They thought we could be doing more. Unquote. March 1984, more than a month after Yuba was last seen, investigators finally received a new lead. A hunter found Yuba's umbrella and purse with her identification on an island in a swampy area on the south end of Lake Hitchitar, two miles from where her car was discovered. Because of this, authorities again recommenced their search, finding a pair of prescription eyeglasses that they believed to have belonged to Yuba. As for Yuba herself, she has never been recovered. Number 2. Lloyd Chamberlain 38-year-old Lloyd Chamberlain lived in Merritt Island, Florida, working as a private commercial fisherman. On February 14, 2016, at around 10.30am, he left Port Canaveral on his 17-foot Sea Pro Centre console boat. His plans for the day was to fish and return at dusk. However, he would never return. As it was getting late, Lloyd's family went to the port to look for him. Here they found his black 2009 Silverado pickup truck and boat trailer in the parking lot. But Lloyd and his boat was nowhere to be found. At 10pm, Lloyd was reported as an overdue boater to the Coast Guard. The subsequent search for Lloyd involved the Brevard County Sheriff's Department, the Coast Guard, and the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission. Lloyd's cell phone last pinged at 11.32pm, approximately two and a half nautical miles offshore from Indian Harbour Beach, Florida. The Coast Guard sent out a search and rescue boat and found Lloyd's boat just after midnight. It was along the shoreline of Indian Harbour Beach. 
a few miles northwest of where his phone last pinged. Lloyd was not on the boat, and neither was his phone. All items found on the boat were examined, and while the boat had taken a lot of water, it was still seaworthy. Lloyd's fishing rods were still in their holders. Lloyd's life preserver was still on board, but authorities had hoped he had a life jacket or some sort of other flotation device with him and was still afloat somewhere in the water waiting to be rescued. Boats and helicopters extensively searched for Lloyd, from Vero Beach to Flagler Beach, ultimately covering more than 5,000 miles. And while conditions were calm on the day Lloyd had set sail, the next two days were challenging, especially for the search party. Strong winds, riptides and high waves complicated the search efforts. And after three days of searching without a positive result, all recovery attempts were called off. The decision was especially painful for Lloyd's girlfriend of six years, Melody, and her three children, to whom Lloyd was like a father to. Tragically, the children's father, Melody's ex-husband, had died during a boating accident in the Indian River eight years before Lloyd disappeared. Lloyd has still not been found and is presumed to be lost at sea. Number 1. Donald Billings 30-year-old Donald Billings had spent February 14, 1997 with his brother-in-law while he helped him with some car problems. This effort must have been unsuccessful because Donald would borrow his sister's car to meet her at a bowling alley later that evening. A standing date they had every Friday without fail. He never missed it. Well, before this Friday anyway, and when he didn't show, alarm bells went off for his family and his sister Janice, and she reported him missing. Two days later, Janice would find out Donald was in an accident, about half an hour after he left his brother-in-law's home. The car had skidded off the road. Another driver would later report to police he stopped to ask if he was okay or if he needed help but Donald said he was fine. He got out of his car, locked it and walked down the road. Rumours would circulate around the small town of Marion, Virginia, that drug dealers were involved and possibly put a hit out on Donald, or that maybe Donald was in a witness protection program for snitching on some friends who were dealing in methamphetamines. Unfortunately, none of these rumours panned out. Sheriff Scholler told Dateline, quote, I've run him through every database and every resource I have access to. One theory we had was he wandered off into the woods nearby, got lost and died from exposure. We've found others who that has happened to, but you would think we would have found him by now. I just want some answers for his family. It's been too long without them, unquote. According to law enforcement, the woods surrounding the road he was last seen walking down was searched extensively. It was cold on the day he disappeared, and it was feasible that he may have sustained a minor head injury that may have caused some confusion. 
It is the authorities' belief that Donald wandered off into the forest and succumbed to the dropping temperatures over the night. However, they have never found anything to support that he was ever off the main road. Do you have something you would like to see mysteriously listed? Do you have a particular theme that interests you? Message us on Facebook at Mysteriously Listed and on Twitter at Mysterious List. If you like what you've heard today, we would love for you to share this episode on your social media of choice. And if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, we would appreciate it if you could leave a positive review and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Research, additional writing and hosting is by me, Ali. Music is by Mayu. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.